Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praising our Savior all the day long. Welcome to the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. Let's start out the right way. Let's bow our heads, humble our hearts, and turn them towards the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Lord God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your presence here on earth through those who choose to believe and choose to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. God, I just pray that in the environments where you are teaching us and leading us to teach, leading us to educate, leading us to be your hands and feet, God, I just pray that we will seize those moments and do it unapologetically and do it with boldness, God, and humility that comes all from you. Father, thank you for stirring hearts. Thank you for forgiving sins. Thank you for the relentless pursuit that you have for us. You are amazing, my Lord, my Savior, my everything. 
In your holy name we pray. Amen. Welcome to the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Emma Bordergama. And today we have on the line a very special person that was with us last time. And so if you have not heard her yet, you are up for a treat. Anna, how are you? I'm doing great, Emma. Oh, I am so glad to be fellowshipping with you and serving God in this way today. Likewise. (laughs) Amen. Well, we started an interesting environment, actually. And Anna, I just want to let you guys know, Anna is actively involved in, as a mother, as a wife, in technology, in volunteering, as a minister for Jesus Christ on a day-to-day basis. So, Anna, in all of what I just said, there isn't a professional active teaching career per se. And that's super important because those of you tuning in and you're like, I'm not a teacher, I don't have a desire to teach, or thinking, you know, I just, this is just not my gifting. This is not a show just for the person who is in a professional educator, right? This is a show for every single one of us because it's really off of the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. So if you're tuning in for the first time and you're wondering, well, here's the deal. What is Kingdom Work for Christ? Let me break it down for you. Kingdom Work for Christ is the combined manifestation and implementation of God's will through a person's life. And that is all based on Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's where Jesus, after dying, resurrecting in order to cleanse our sins and give us one way to eternity. He, before going back to the Father, left a beautiful set of instructions, and it really is fivefold. First thing he said, he said, no, that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. The second thing he said is, go, therefore, and make disciples of nations. Third, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. No, it's not just the Father. No, it's not just Jesus. No, it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, three in one. And four, teach them to obey my commandments. Five, know that I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so we take this five-fold commission and we, 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 one, pray. Two, go to the word of God. And through the leading of the Holy Spirit, and only through the leading of the Holy Spirit, then we can be infectious in all of the environments that we're currently placed in for the sake of Jesus' name. On this show, we have covered different environments. We've talked about gossip. What does it mean to do kingdom work for Christ in the middle of gossip? We've talked about chronic illness. What does that mean? What does it mean to do kingdom work for Christ when you're resting? Really, resting, Emma, means kingdom work for Christ? What does it mean to do kingdom work for Christ when you've had an abortion, when you have adopted, when your family is just falling apart, when you're being restored, when you're unemployed? There have been multiple topics that we've covered on this show. And so today, we are continuing to explore what kingdom work for Christ is within the context of teaching and education, both outside the classroom and inside the classroom, both in private education and in public education. We're really going to delve deep into that. 
the structure of this show is such that one week we will talk about what the Bible says about that particular environment, and the next week we will talk about how it's happening today or how the body of Christ has missed the opportunity to do kingdom work for Christ. This show is authentic and it's real, and so we do get, you know, we, we do get accounts of people who have not followed God's will, myself included in that. And then what happened when they did follow God's will? And so I'm just so grateful for Anna because Anna started telling us about her story, about how she started this with a group of parents. They started this amazing private school because the private school they were in was shutting down. And no, not under the leading of a particular church body or or administration, but under the leading of the Holy Spirit who had placed on one of the parents' hearts to start this school. Parents got together, and guess what, you guys? They realized in that moment that every single part that was needed, you you name it, lawyers, teachers, um, people who were going to be administrators, whatever it was, God had already placed them in the group of parents who started the school. And so we were starting to delve into, okay, what was the journey that Anna has been undergoing with Jesus so that she's at a place where she can talk about this phenomenal work he's been doing in her life. So Anna, I'm going to stop talking and I just want to hear from you. What are you up to these days? (laughs) What am I up to? Well, I'm working on a lot of house projects right now, <laughs> doing a lot of restoration at home. <laughs> I love, I love it. So, are you working with a team of people? Are you, uh, you? What exactly are you doing? Actually, I'm just doing. I enjoy doing work around the house. And um, this morning, I actually was up early, bright and early this morning before it got hot, and I was out painting. Uh, the railings outside of my house. So I I just am doing little projects, just home improvements, you know. It, being a homeowner, there's always things I do around the house, but I really enjoy it. And um, actually, because wow. I got out there so early, I really had some time alone. It was 6 in the morning. No one was out, <laughs> and I was out there painting, and I had time to be with the Lord. And, you know, I Amen. do that a lot. I I I just whether it's yard work or uh doing things indoors, you know, it's something I enjoy and it's quiet time and I take advantage of those times and you know, I just you know, I I share with, you know, I just talk to God and this morning I was actually out there talking out loud. I was thinking, "Oh man, I hope nobody walks by. They're going to think I'm just this crazy woman talking <laughs> to myself." But I, it is. It's just, you know, it's quality time, uninterrupted time. You're just by yourself. Wow. So, so where did you get yeah, the skill so, set to do that? I mean, did you, <laughs> have you learned that through someone or that's pretty fascinating. I can't fix a light bulb for the life of me. So I, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, that's where YouTube comes in. I have definitely Amen. done little things that I wasn't <laughs> sure about, and I go on YouTube, and I remember um, we had just uh, replaced a, a garbage disposal, and I did not do that work, but the little switch that um, turns on the garbage disposal, I had a dual switch, one that turned on the garbage disposal and one that turned on mm-hmm. the light, and it was sticky, so I needed to get mm-hmm. um, a, just a new uh, switch um, and rewire it. So I went to to 
a hardware store and I picked it up and I went on YouTube and just, you know, listened. And you can look up anything on YouTube and then just kind of listen to it. And then as I took everything apart, I just really, I made sure that I paid attention, right, with all the wires. Right. You know, the red wire and the black wire. And so I just put everything back together and I, I had... Obviously, I turned off all the electric uh, in the house. I, I went to the main switch and turned all the power off. Uh, smart enough right. to do that. And then, uh, and so <laughs> then when I turned it back on, I remember my husband stood back and he's like, all right, you sure you wired everything right? And I said, no, I, I did. Um, I feel 99% confident. And he stood wow. back and I turned it on and it, and it worked. And uh, so I just, you know, a lot of it is just... I'm, I guess I'm just pretty bold in doing little things. I've I've done yep. shower heads and shower arms and replaced, uh, you know, um, toilets and uh, you know yeah. whatever needs to be done. Um, I, I I just I like taking it on. Uh, obviously, when I get over I love my it. head, though, I know when to call a professional, so I'm, I'm not hesitant to, <laughs> to seek out help. That's you see for sure. That? Exactly. That's the key wisdom right there, you know, knowing when to stop. I got to tell you a funny story as you're, as you're saying that. Um, so I, I really can't bake for the life of me, right? And, and the, mm-hmm. the biggest evidence was when we had, had a Spanish teacher who was phenomenal when I was in um, AP Spanish in, in high school. And what she used to do is to have us over to her house and just in a natural environment, we would practice Spanish, right? Um, mm-hmm. And just love, 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 love her to pieces. To this day, we're still friends. And so she, <laughs> Maria gave me one task, and she said, Emma, you just got to do brownies. And I said, I, I think I can handle brownies. You know, there are directions in the back, whatever. And I mm-hmm. got to the directions about the oil and the water. Now, keep in mind, I'd never done brownies before. So I'm like, there's no way there's this little water in brownies. I don't believe it. I think the I think the instructions are reversed. And I ended up <laughs> taking literally the amount of oil you're supposed to to put and put water uh-huh. instead in that amount. So needless to say, the brownie mix was this soupy, disgusting thing. We had to put flour in it. I mean, it was just crazy. And the whole time I kept thinking to myself, it didn't make sense, so I just rearrange it, you know. But um, right. to this day, she's, I'm like literally banned from, you know, baking anything. But but it kind of, re- of reminded wow. me as you're talking because I think that the critical thing is you see the directions and you actually follow them and you trust that they are correct, even if they don't make much sense, you know, and it's – um. So, so I think there's a lot of wisdom that's applied in your day to day. So, let yeah, me ask you know, this. you know, it makes it, it yeah. makes me think that think about this. So you're following these directions, and then you decide, nah, they're not right. But isn't that what we, <laughs> as as people, do sometimes with God? We know what God Amen. says. We know yes. what His Word says, but we have a choice. And sometimes we're like, you know what? Let, I'm going to do this, God. I'm going to do this. Thinking we can right. do it better. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. It doesn't turn out. You know, so when, yeah. when you were telling me that brownie story, I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, that, that is how we are with God in our journey, right? Yeah. And just, and, and yeah. it's so easy to get off track, you know, yes. or to try to do things our way or to question Right, or Amen. we don't hear an answer to a prayer, 
and we're waiting right. and we're waiting and we don't wait patiently and we go and we That's right. we move forward without hearing God's word or his voice and what happens mm. you know so it's interesting and you know it's it so as you bring that up too it actually ended up taking so much longer to fix it too you know and and I love the analogy you just brought up Anna because it did. It took us about the same amount of time that it would have taken to make the brownies in addition to the flour and make it into something. And it didn't end up being brownie-like. It was just cake-like. You know, so it was it was a subpar result to what it could have been in the first place had I just trusted. So that that mm. is just such a beautiful analogy. I love it, love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have to remember up. the whole brownie story now. It's <laughs> 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 a good analogy. It is. I just I just thought of that when you were talking about it, and just how we are, you know, we're just just yeah. children, you know. We don't That's like to exactly listen right. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> For some of us, most times. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask exactly. you this: with your <laughs> with the house being a work in progress, you know, have you, because you really are using this time to talk to God and to, you know, to be in fellowship with him, has it been a reminder of just how far he's gotten you, you know, up to this point? And, you know, why why so much of this is on the house? There's a story behind this house, Emma. Um, you know, first of all, this house isn't my house. It's God's house. Um, mm. it is definitely God's house, and I have to be a good steward to what God gave me. And part of being a yes. good steward is taking care of it. Um, but when I, I bought this house in uh, 2002, and we were living in Herndon and sold our house, and we were looking for a house closer to the Fairfax, you know, Falls Church area. We looked, and we looked, and we looked, and... Mm. You know, I think the realtor was just like, come on. <laughs> and we found this house tucked away in this little neighborhood in Fairfax. I didn't even know the neighborhood existed. And wow. it was very close to um, central shopping, the highways. It, it was a great location. But right. what was so cool about coming into this house after looking at so many, I walked in. And it was just this, it was this peace that I felt. And I went upstairs. I remember going through all the rooms. And I was by myself. And I walked upstairs. And I walked into the master bedroom. And I really felt the presence of the Lord. Like, I felt like he said, this is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. And when I came down the stairs, my realtor looked up at me when I was coming down the stairs, and she's like, uh-oh, she's got that look. And I said, this is the house. This is the house that the Lord wants me in. You know, Emma, this, it's, it, it, there's a, such a story behind me. That's the beginning, but this is right. God's house. He's kept me in this house. And through so many things that I had been through, it is by his provision that I have been Amen. able to stay in this home and for that, I'm thankful. I'm grateful, Emma, because I don't take for granted, you know, what he's given me, that he's blessed me with. And anything, right. anything really that he's given us, whether it's my job or a home, you know, even the money that I get, 
every pay period. That's God's money. It's not mine. You know, and I Amen. have to, I mean, many times I had, you know, I still, I get my paycheck and I know, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? And, you, you know, you've got to be responsible and you've got to be a good steward to what he's given you. And I feel like, you know, he has shown me that through the years. Um, and he's just been amazing. And um, so so that's why I, 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 and I guess I enjoyed, you know, just doing stuff in the house because it is his house. Yeah. And I find time mm. alone with him and I talk to him about whatever's going on in my life, you know? So yeah. It's just fun. It's no, enjoyable. Absolutely. I like to garden too. I love being out in the garden <laughs> and planting. But I'll be honest, it's hard. You know, it is hard to do things, you know. Yeah. Um, life can get consuming, you know, with work. And, you know, I no longer have, you know, the kids at home, but you still have other things to do. There's always other demands in life. But when you find yeah, that moment and it. you have some <laughs> spare time, you know, take advantage of it and, you know, just keep yeah. up with it. Yeah. And, so, you know, one of the things you talked about is that you had, um, you felt like God was, was providing and was guiding through this house. Was there a critical moment that you can describe where you really felt the hand of God protecting this house for you, you know, and, 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 and really preserving it for you? Yes, most definitely. So it was actually that actually that same year in 2006 that we talked about um, previously when we launched the um, school. In that same year, I had um, separated um, for the third time with my uh, with my husband, and it was our final separation. And so we had um, he pretty much you know wanted me to sell the house. He wanted he you know which. It was that was hard because this was the house the kids were you know raised in most of their life, right? And right. I, I didn't think that was quite right, you know. But I put the house up for sale. Um, it was in April of 2006, and I remember that that month after I had put the house up, we got it all ready. Um, you know, you've got to keep this house completely clean, especially because you've got people coming in and looking at the house and everything's got to be perfect. Right. That's stressful, you know. And I remember we got everything together. It was ready to go. They staged it and my realtor brought somebody in and, you know, I had to take out, you know, take down pictures and move furniture and things like that. Um, And then I left. I went to Europe actually with my dad on a trip. It was a father and daughter trip. And then um, when I got, I went, yes, it was a blessing. It was, I hadn't been back to Europe since I was a kid. Um, That's a whole other story. But anyway, (laughs) I came back and for a year, for a year, Emma, um, that how the house stayed on the market. So we had a lot of people. I didn't want to move. And I asked the Lord to keep us in this house. I did not want to move. I felt this was the house that God gave me. This was in 2002. And so I had put out a petition to all my friends. You've got to pray that the house doesn't sell. And people were praying. (laughs) Wait a minute. Your your husband is at at the time is saying, I want to sell the house. You're saying, I want to stay in the house. You engage prayer warriors to pray that the house will not sell, but the house is on the market. It's actively, it's got this on, you know, the for sale sign and everything. Is that 
Yes. Am and I painting the right actually, picture? He, okay. And he wasn't here anymore, so he actually was gone. He left. Um, oh, okay, so okay. He wow. wasn't living in the house. He had moved out in April of 2006, and so the kids and I stayed in the house. And mm-hmm. um, Sorry to hear that. The house was actually, you know, it was, I had purchased the house. It was in, you know, my name and I had, I had, um, he was not on the house, but we were still married. So legally, he still has rights to the house. Okay. So I'll just kind of say that. Uh, All right. So he he wanted that. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to sell the house. So we prayed about it and prayed about it. And I remember my kids were just, it was stressful, Emma. It was really stressful just getting ready to go to school in the morning. We had to put everything away, you know, put all the clothes away, make the beds. You know, it was really stressful. And the kids really loved this house. And I remember my son, he was just not happy. He was so sad. He didn't want to leave. He had friends. Um, We'd been Mm -hmm. here. um, You know, he had his we were established at school, and so it was a difficult time for us. And the, 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 the neatest thing was we had so many people coming to this house. There was so much traffic, and people said it was a beautiful home. And I even at one point lowered the price of the home to sell it. But yet oh, wow. it didn't sell. And there were other houses in the neighborhood Mm-hmm. for sale as well. And I have um, a townhome, and it's an end unit. So I have extra bump outs. It's a big, it's one of the only oh, it's like beautiful. four units in yeah. this neighborhood. A little bit different than most of the townhomes here, and plus I overlook a, a pond. So it has a great right. view. You know, so there wasn't anything wrong with the house. But I'm telling you, that's where God was was there. And he heard these prayers. And Hallelujah. We wow. never got anybody to put a bid on it, which that's amazing. For an entire year. Yes. And you're talking Fairfax County <laughs> in a very good neighborhood down the road from wow. what we, wow, which is now Fairfax Corners. I mean, it's a, you know, it's oh, a it's great a property. place. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a very good is, place. Yeah, and tell me that isn't God, Emma. Really? Like nobody put a bid down, and we even lowered the price. So I'll never forget the day. I will never forget the day when I came home, and it had been a year. And so we were in the midst of settling. And so I I told the realtor, we want to take the house off the market. And when my son was walking home from school, and he saw that sign was gone. The joy on his face, I could just see it. He was grinning from ear oh, to ear. And wow. I'm like, guys, we're staying. We are staying. Wow. The Lord has answered our prayer. We're staying. God is good. And it was just amazing. And, and, and remember that in that story that I was telling you and last time we met, I talked about how in my job, I had received a, a substantial raise. So not only did oh, I Oh, wow. But I also financially could stay in the house. I was in a position. Thank you, Jesus. And then, <laughs> yeah, and so many things. And, I, and my jobs, I changed jobs. I was in a good-paying job. I mean, things just started to just one by one. 
things just worked out. That was all God, you know. And so we finally settled, and I did have to settle with him, but I I have to be honest, the settlement that I had to give him, I mean, that was even, I mean, that was even God. You know, it wasn't anything. It was, you know, did it hurt me? Yeah, it hurt financially. But you know what? I still stayed, and God provided. And it's been 10 years since that time. Mm -hmm. So 10 years. And I've I've been able to keep the house. And it's not me, Emma. I I didn't stay in this house. God was the one that kept me in this house. And that is a story my kids know. And that is a story that I remind them of, you know, that you remember the Lord provides and he takes care of us. And they know that story because they saw those things happen, the school, staying in the house, all those things just, it was all, it it just all rolled out. Isn't that cool? I mean, I just, I I love the Lord. I love love sharing that. You know, uh, thank you. I Jesus. get so excited. And you know what's so cool? I just ah uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm now no, I'm getting you know, excited. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I gotta tell you, I just Emma, I've told you this a million times, and this is so wonderful to be able to kind of go back and think about, and reflect. Yeah. I think that is so important to even sometimes write Amen. those things down. You know, answered prayer and what God has done, because when you go yes. back and you reflect yeah. on it, oh, it just it, it's mm, so mm, powerful, mm. and you want to go yes. out and tell everybody, right? Yes. You know, yeah. I, just, I want to go get on the rooftop and say, we got a great God. He's a good Amen. God, and he'll take care of Amen. you. And, you know, people see that, you know? Yes. Yeah. And can I put a side note to that? You, how long have you been journeying with Jesus? So I became a Christian in 1985. 80, no, I'm so sorry, in 1984, and then I was baptized in 85. So it's been 22 years since you've been a believer. Am I doing my math right, or 32? 32 years since you've been a believer, right? And mm-hmm. you are in love with Jesus today. So much so that we are like squealing almost, (laughs) which is exciting. So here's the thing. And I want to bring that up. I want to bring that up for the people listening because this is important. I've heard too many times, way too many times, oh, I saw, you know, I met a new Christian and they're on fire for Jesus. And it reminded me of how, you know, how I used to be when I first, when I first, (laughs) you know, accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's like there is this defeatist rhetoric when it comes to our passion about Jesus. And, and, and honestly, if we get on our knees and we actually fellowship with God and, and, and enjoy his intimacy, we should be getting more and more and more excited about the Lord, right? And so I just want to encourage us today because this is not, it doesn't fade away, folks. It really doesn't. It gets more exciting. It gets more passionate. It gets more thrilling to be able to see not just us and how he's working in our lives, but then to see other people come to Christ and fall more in love with him and experience the incredible way in which he's active. I really wanted to point that out today because you're, it, you know, you're, you're on your fourth almost decade of being in love with Jesus. And it's getting better, isn't it, Anna? You know, it's funny that you said that, Emma, because so I'm not, when I became a Christian, 
you know, there are some people that have this powerful transformation where they come to the Lord, right? Maybe something's yeah. going on in their life. Maybe they're dealing with an addiction. Maybe they're dealing with, um, a, you know, a, a difficult marriage. Maybe they're de- dealing with um, a health issue. And, you know, mm-hmm. then they, they come to find the Lord, and they're excited, and they're out there, and they're on fire for the Lord. You know, I didn't have that experience, Emma. In 1984, yeah. when I accepted the Lord, yes, I was hungry. I knew that there was a God, and I shared that um, earlier, you know, where my, my in-laws yeah. were the ones that knew the Lord. And I w- it, was more, it wasn't this huge transformation for me. It was more, yeah. there's a God. I want to know about I want to know about him. I know there's a God. And it was more learning. And so through that, in the beginning of, of my walk, it was, I was, I was going to church, I was reading, um, and, and it wasn't always, you know, where I stayed on track, but I wasn't right. on fire until later on in life, and, I, and it still continues. Like, to this day, it just, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like that fire pit, you know, like when it starts burning, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. the warring, <laughs> that's the way I feel right now, right? Like, I I, I'm at this new place with my journey, and I'm like, wow, I just, I, I wasn't like this in 1985. I wasn't wanting to get up on the rooftops and, tell, and, you know, talk about God. I didn't have that transformation. It was through my journey and, and these 20-something years with the Lord that I've been able to yeah. just grow and fall in love with him. And I think that's a little bit different than some people. But it's, Yeah, it's and you're awesome. totally right. Absolutely. You're totally right. And you know, the thing about it is it's not time. It's, it's the how, right? It's the right. how are we going before the throne? How are we seeking more of Jesus? How are we actively putting ourselves in situations where we can, you know, one, learn more about him, not just through prayer and the word, but also through his body, right? And, and that's the thing right. that's so critical here. I, I see that in, in their testimony that you've shared, it really started, that fire started to grow and grow and grow the more you could not only see how he was working in your life, but you could also see how he was, you know, working in other people's lives and through the, the school and, and even the house and and being in community. So it's it's just, it's such a good point that you brought up and I'm I'm glad you did because there are different ways that people start out their fake journey. But, Exactly. It really is supposed to be an upward trend. It really is. The more we fall in love with Jesus, the more we are actively, actively, and sometimes we have to intensify our efforts, but actively pursuing him, we really, really, really should be falling more and more and more in love with him. And if we're not, then there is a reassessment and a reevaluation before the throne that is necessary in our lives. You know, so I just love your testimony. I feel like it, it, it gives a lot of encouragement for us as a body, you know. Amen. Amen. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that we, you know, we're talking about Christ-centered teaching and education, and I find it so powerful that your in-laws were really the ones who stood by and taught you both through their actions and through their words, in such a way that you were able to see what it was to witness Christ-centered living in addition to Christ-centered teaching, 
And that teaching demonstrated you, but also it seemed like they allowed you the space and time for you to apply that in your life. And, and you know, one of the biblical insights that we really came, we had four that we addressed on the show on biblical insights when it comes to teaching and education. And one of them was Christ-centered teaching is supposed to start with Christ-centered living in the first place. The second one, Christ-centered teaching demonstrates and allows the space and the time for application. The third one, Christ-centered teaching equips people to become God-dependent, not co-dependent or independent. And then Christ-centered teaching starts with a servant heart and a desire to serve Christ then as a byproduct, others. And the thing that you touched on, the story that, that God has entrusted you with to share your testimony, right, really speaks Mm -hmm. to that point three of equipping people to become God-dependent, not codependent or independent, because there was something in the process and the journey that God had taken you through that made you go to your prayer warriors when your house was about to be lost instead of going to, you know, maybe financing offices or maybe um, other realtors or maybe try to find another place in another area that was more affordable or whatever. You didn't panic with what was in front of you. You had seen what it was to get on your knees and to get results. And so you went to prayer, you know, and prayer works. And so I'm just really, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I want to bring back those points and really tie it into the teaching and the education because we never know who we are impacting in a, in such a way that it's going to apply to their lives way further down the road. We have no idea. So if we don't take that teaching opportunity, or if we don't take that educating opportunity to really be the hands and feet, the mouth of Christ, we don't know how that's going to impact their future decades down the line. That's the cost. That's the price. So, Um, I just wanted to get, you know, some of your thoughts on that as well and and how you today are then applying that, you know, being a kingdom worker for Christ. What what does that look like today? Well, I mean, you know, and I'm going to go back to something that you said um, about family and impact and, you know, walking, you know, my family, I was – I was a, my parents were Catholic, but we didn't go to church. We weren't practicing Catholics. And so my parents have been watching me on this journey that mm-hmm. I've been on. And, you know, to this day, my dad knows, you know, how he, he I don't, I do not hide how much I love the Lord. And my family knows that Amen. I, you know, I've been faithful to the Lord and, um, my mom has even like started praying, but what I, what I wanted to say was my dad watched me through that. <laughs> so good. And I never went to my dad and asked him to help me for, for financially. And he says to me, I don't know how you ever did it, Anna. And I said, dad, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was God. And he, he just, he sees that. And then my brother Amen. who has done very well for himself, he saw me struggle. And I remember one particular day, when, you know, I had changed jobs and um, I left um, one company and I got out of telecom for about a year. 
and then I got back in um, in a software side of the business. So I do telecom expense management. We have a software. And so before that happened, I remember my brother would say, you really just need to get another job. And I'm like, no, I'm going to trust God in this. And I, mm. I, I know he's going to take care of me. And he just kind of looked at me like, whatever. You know, like he's been successful right. through his own, you know, career and all. And, and then he watched me. And I came back to him and I told him, you know, that I had gotten another job. And he's watched me through this journey. A year later, I'll never forget he came back to me and he said, wow, maybe I need to try this God thing. So ah, the impact. I love it. That's the thing. It's the impact, right? That, Amen. you know, that you, and, and that's in everything, Emma, even at work. Okay, so here's a, a, a story that, Another opportunity, right, for us to make an impact for Christ's kingdom. Whether you're at work, whether you're in a grocery store, there's a story where I started working for this company, and our CEO was a Christian, and our CTO was a Christian. It was a small family-owned business. How great is that? I'm working for Christians. That's that's very rare. (laughs) Yes. Well, God put me in that place, and I've been there since 11 years with the same company. Mm-hmm. We've, we merged Amen. with a l- much larger company, but I was with this company from, I guess it was 2005 I got that job. And so mm-hmm. in that, we, he, was, he, he and I talked many times about his journey, my CEO and I, but he actually allowed mm-hmm. us to start a Bible study at work. And I'll never forget, he said, you can use the executive conference room during lunch hour. He couldn't talk about, you know, he he knew that I was a Christian, but he couldn't really talk about it, right? I mean, there's certain things you just, you don't do at work, right? And him being a CEO. But I and some other people, there was three of us that started this Bible study. We were all very strong Christians. And there were a lot of people in our data entry department, single moms, unwed moms, with young babies, right. many struggles. And we wow. started a Bible study. And we would come together for lunch. And there was so many people came, and they had questions. They never had Hallelujah. heard about God. They didn't know anything about Jesus. They, they were there to learn. And we were there to answer questions, eh. to pray Ooh. with them. And yeah. there were so many that were saved. And that was first season, Emma, but it was an impact. So, it, I love I mean, it. How often do you hear that? And and the funny thing too is, through that, I've been in management, and people that I hired, I ended up finding out they were Christians, they were believers. Mm. They we worked with so many, and I still have a friend today. We've been and and he and I've known each other for eleven years, and today we still every morning. We continued praying for our company, and every morning we would pray for the company, for the Amen. leadership, for our clients, Amen. for our staff, and that wow. we would and they could see Christ in us. And we prayed that. And I remember telling my CEO that. I tell him, you know what, I'm praying, I'm praying for you. You know that, right? I'm praying for this company. Amen. And you know the company did, I love it. Yeah, 
and the company did really well. We ended up getting, you know, bought out with, um, we merged with another company. And he's still there, actually, which is great. Um, and right. there's still a lot of Christians there, which is such a blessing. Um, but, you know, wow. not being afraid to talk even in the workplace. And, and Emma, I don't, I don't hold back. People know. I know the Lord. Yeah. And when I go through difficult times, and I went through a difficult time with the manager, and through that, God kind of carried me through a a, um, a a difficult, I guess, relationship, if you will. And right. I maintained okay. integrity at work. I was professional. Um, right. I was, she, this person did not judge me. She judged me, you know, wrong. She um, didn't know me, but through right. that, it was, I, I, I stayed focused, and I did. I had to ask God, you know, to change my heart and not to hold, not to be angry or, or, or you know, I didn't want to have that torture, but yes, in the end, you know, um, it, it all worked out, and she's not with the company. Um, she's not in our group anymore. She's moved. God is good. Um, and, but I remember somebody came to me and they said, you know what, Anna, we wa- I watched you through that whole thing. Cause she took me out of a, a director position that I had been in and she, you know, she, it, it was uh, two teams that I had launched there and I had grew and I had hired and wrote the process and procedure. So it was my baby. I, I created it. And she took me out of that position and it was hard. It was humbling. Yeah. And I realized yes. even through that, I was prideful, Emma. I mean, that was also mm-hmm. a time where I was like, wow, I, I, I'm prideful. Yeah. And God had to work with me on that. You know, I had right. to look at myself. And, but, right. but, but this gentleman came back to me. He's like, I watched you for a year, Anna. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know if you know the Lord but it is the Lord that got me through this. And I am not afraid to start those conversations. Amen. And I, and I, and I often do, you know, because it wasn't me. <laughs> I love it. It wasn't me. I love it. And that's such a powerful testimony that, you know, I'm looking at from a, from a third-party perspective, the way in which the body of Christ has really been activated in your workplace because your CEO, even if he's not speaking through words, he enabled the gathering of believers in Christ in that company, you know, and you being the mouthpiece of God and the people teaching mm-hmm. being his hands and feet on the ground. And so that is so that that's such a beautiful picture of what happens when we are in tune with what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. And we just do it. Just do it. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. Lives are changed. People are transformed. And so that's, it, it that's such a beautiful thing. Hmm. Yeah, and wow. people watch you, Emma. You know, and I'm not, you know, it, it's not easy being a Christian because people, I think, try to put you on this pedestal, right? And they kind of wait for you to make a mistake. But you know what? Right. I'm real. I'm authentic. And I say, look, you know what? I mean, not, I'm not perfect. Only Christ is perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. But I'm yep. the first to say, Absolutely. you know, even like with my kids, right? Yeah. Was I a perfect mom? Absolutely not. Did I, did I get angry? Did I lose my temper? Absolutely. But one thing I always mm-hmm. said to my kids, you know what? That was the wrong attitude, guys. Mom was really, um, 
you know, angry. I didn't handle it right. And I, I mm. need you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? And I taught them that. And, mm. you know, I, I think you have to be authentic. You have to be real. And, you know, they, yes. they see that, you know, that side, you know. And, I mean, I remember Lindsay would tell me, Mom, I, w- I wish sometimes I had, I had that faith like you do, you know. And, mm. you know, it's really wow. important for, you know, to really share that, you know, and but be real, but, but real, be real about it, you know, because exactly. you're going to have ups and downs, Emma. I mean, believe me, yep. I, yep, I've had my yeah, ups and downs. You're right. My my faith is shaken right. through my journeys, you know. But praise God, <laughs> praise the Lord, that today mm-hmm. I feel I, I'm more in love with Him today than I was, you know. I mean. I really came to know him more and more, you know, as the years have gone by. And, and it is the way that it should be, you know. It, it's that relationship, Emma. It's a relationship that you have. Amen. Amen. So in what ways were, was your faith shaken? Can you, can you explain to us what you mean by that? I was married for tw- almost 20 years. It was right before my 20th um, year. And... Uh, we um it was a difficult marriage it was um filled with a lot of struggles from the very beginning um there was um my my husband suffered from um he got hurt quite a bit knee multiple knee surgeries back issues neck issues mm-hmm. he was in and out of disability through our marriage um he it was difficult for him as a, as a, as a husband, as a leader, um, as somebody, you know, who's supposed to be providing. I'm sure that right. that wreaked on his self-esteem. I mean, he had low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel good about himself. I was successful at work, traveling, you know, and providing for the family. And um, he mm-hmm. um, became, you know, he was an alcoholic. And there was substance abuse, verbal abuse. It was very difficult. Um, You know, there were ups and downs through the marriage where he was, you know, I thought he had gotten better and then, you know, he would go back and then he'd get better. And so that was the turbulent years. And where my faith was shaken was in the very beginning of our journey. I mean, it was, you know, very from the very beginning, you know, we were involved in a car accident he had a football injury on his knee. We were mm-hmm. on our way to our wow. pastor's house to um, get in premarital counseling, got in a car accident. So that, he got, you know, what they had just repaired was re-injured again. So no, he had to go into surgery <laughs> a week after our, um, after our wedding. So that was like the beginning, right, of just this disability, mm-hmm. out of work, in work, out of work. Um, and there was a time where, you know, during that parting, it, it seemed like when I was, you know, going to church and I was really in the Lord, we didn't get along. And it's that, mm-hmm. it's that unequal, you know, you're, you're unequally yoked. And there were times right. he used to say to me, yeah, I feel like I'm coming home and, you know, Jesus is sitting on the couch. And it wasn't that I was preaching God's word or, you know, making him feel bad, but it was the presence of darkness and light, you know, it was very evident in our marriage. That's right. But Mm. there was a time, Emma, where 
I wanted to stop that that cycle, right? That that, that the, the arguing and the fighting. And I I was young. I was still very early in my journey as a Christian. And what did I do? Right. Well, I joined them. I went out. I partied. Mm-hmm. I was with our right. friends. We'd go out on Friday and Saturday nights. We partied, you know, and we got along. <laughs> we got along great. Right, um, right, right. But but then um, my heart, Emma, wasn't it wasn't right. And so I I I turned and I I walked away from that. I started seeing a lot happening to our friends, people going down the wrong path. It was scary. Right. And I remember making that that just that turn. Like, no, I can't do this. I'm not doing this anymore. And mm-hmm. I walked away from that. And I remember many a nights, many a nights, praying for my husband. He wouldn't come home a lot of times. He'd be out, you know, with his friends, and sometimes he wouldn't come home. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. one night on my hands and knees crying out to the Lord, praying for us. And there was a station on TV. It was an evangelical preacher, and he's, asking, you know, if there's anybody out there that needs prayer. So I called this prayer line, and I prayed mm-hmm. with this person on the line. I mean, I was desperate, Emma. You know, I was praying. We were in a, yeah. you know, you talked about, like, codependent, God-dependent. I was a codependent. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And because I was in this wow. really, you know, bad cycle, you know, of alcoholism and, you know, the verbal abuse and, you know, all of that, you know, all that that goes with it. But right, I remember right. praying, and, you know, it was hard. I mean, we we went through, you know, we separated in um, 2001. We got back together in 2002. That's when we bought this mm-hmm. house. And then we separated again in 2004. We got back together again in 2005. And then finally divorced about, you know, five months later. It was our final separation and, fi- and divorce. And, Emma, it was that was a hard thing. I mean, I tried. You know, I tried to make it work. Um, right. But there's a couple things that happened through that divorce. And divorce is, you know, God hates divorce. You know, but yeah. God is gracious. He's merciful. He yeah. He loves yeah. us. He knows, you know, where we are in life. You know, God doesn't. He's He doesn't judge Emma. Do you know what I mean? He just right. right. I get really emotional because he's so gracious. He's so merciful. And it was really, really difficult for me to make a decision to divorce. I didn't believe in it. I remember going to pastors, you know, asking for advice, you know, is this is this what I should do? You know, I was searching. And um, it was it was tough. And I remember um, the day that... Uh, the day came when I, when I was going to court and we had our court date, and I held his picture, and I said, "God, I'm giving him back to you. I can't change him, mm-hmm. but you can, and I'm getting out of the way." Wow. Wow. You know, you're young. You're trying to change somebody. You think you can make a difference, but you know, I finally just, I just. I couldn't do it anymore, and I turned him over to the Lord. And I remember in court, 
after we got divorced, he actually came over to me, and he was sobbing. He was sobbing, and he came over, and he gave me a hug, and he, you know, he said, I'll always love you. And that was hard, you know. Wow. Emma, do you know what? It saved him. Making that decision, he has been sober. He was in Uh, bad shape, in very bad shape the last time we got back together, where, you know, he was not just drinking, but, you know, just there was substance abuse. And that was that was when I said, I couldn't do this anymore. I had children. I didn't want my kids raised, you know, in a home like that. And he turned and he went and got help. And he's been sober since then. And uh, after that wow. whole that whole journey, I ended up, Thank you, too. you know, yeah, I mean, God is good. But, you know, in that pain, Emma, um, I, you know, I didn't want to play the victim role. I didn't want to feel sorry for mm-hmm. myself. It was hard, believe me. <laughs> it was a hard job. Uh, but, you know. I only imagine. Yeah. And, uh, but God. I wanted I wanted to take the focus off of me and through my healing I was able to run a group of loved ones of addicts and I mm. um, I ran a group for about 2 years and it was Christ-centered 12 step program where other people struggled Amen. who were married mm-hmm. to um you know to uh, people with addictions and that healed me and that's that was like the beginning of, even though I had known the Lord all those years, it wasn't until that time I really had that relationship. Like I, I was at church reading God's word, but I didn't really know Jesus until I met him right there. I met him mm. face to face, and I fell in love wow. with him. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So did your husband end up coming to know Jesus as well after the so divorce? He, your ex? Well, he, uh, you know, his parents were Christian. I mean, he was raised, you know, when he was a teenager. I think his, I can't remember how old he was really when his parents became a Christian, but he had a lot of head knowledge. So there's, right. there's, there's those folks that have the head knowledge and then there's where it's in the heart, right? So it's that connection right. between the heart and the head. And he read right. the Bible inside and out. He knew scripture. He'd been around it. I don't know to this day where he, where he is. Um, mm. I know that he, you know, I don't know if he's really attending church. I know he does, you know, know the Lord. I know he's been saved. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't okay. really know his journey, you know. Okay. But I, but yeah. I know that yeah. he's, you know, no longer drinking and, 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 and drugging, and that's the good thing. Praise God for that. Praise God. You know, and, and, and you want to hear yeah. a really cool story out of this, too? This is Please, yeah. I just love this. i got to tell you this. Remember yeah, those yeah. years that I said we partied with our friends? Tell me right. how good yes. and how gracious our God is. Do you know that those friends, that we partied with on Friday and Saturday nights. We got together on the weekends. They are all walking with the Lord today. They are Christians. 
Hallelujah. What a testimony. Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They are Christians. Can't and I'm talking I'm not I'm not talking just they are engaged in his kingdom. They are out there doing his work. Mm-hmm. I, I, not just going to church, doing his work, going out there, yes. sharing. You know, it is amazing that he took all of us and he yes. transformed us. You know? And wow. Here we are, and I and I've lost touch with them, but I see them, you know, through, you know, Facebook and things like that. But God worked in every one of our lives, and He yes. brought us all out. Yes. Now, isn't yes. that um, I mean, God is good, isn't He? <laughs> so good. He pursues He's so us. good. He pursues us. You know, He doesn't give up on us relentlessly. Mm-hmm. He never gives up on us. He never gives up, and that's what I, you know. It's what I tell people. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you where you are today, and he will never give up. And if you stumble, you get back up. Yes. And you say, God, I'm sorry. Yes. You go back, and he'll, he'll pick you up. You know? He really will. It's like he, that. He really he will. will. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a rich blessing. And all this... <laughs> All of this within the context of, of just an incredible man and woman of God who sat down and were willing to have a conversation with you at one point in yeah. your life about who God was. You know, wow. And Amazing. thank God that, um, you know, I even though I divorced their son, I never divorced his parents. And we remained very close. Uh, to this day, I talked to his mom, which I've known her since I was 15 years old because we were friends before we got married. So I talked to her pretty much weekly. We pray together on the phone. Um, I love You know, she's still a big part of my life. Um, When I go through whatever I'm going through, I call her. She's she's been a spiritual parent to me. Um, Mm. My father-in-law passed away a couple of years ago. And that was really difficult. Um, He, it was sudden. uh, It was very sudden. Um, And he was, oh, talk about faith. (laughs) This man had faith like you wouldn't believe. And he said he wanted to be a pastor. He said he always wanted to be a pastor. Do you know before God took him home? Yeah. I say he was a pastor. Because when he got very sick and he died of cancer, when he was getting his chemo treatments and when he was going to that hospital, he talked to everybody he met about the Lord, doctors, nurses, whoever it was, he shared the good news. He was powerful and talked, and just his faith, and people listened. And I often tell I often tell my my uh, mother-in-law, I still call her my mother-in-law, but or mom, <laughs> I should say, my second <laughs> mom. Um, right. I tell her, you know what? Dad did become a pastor to the very end yes. until God took him home. He preached yeah. the good news. And all the seeds, I don't know how many, if anybody was saved, it doesn't matter. He did his job to the very end. Yeah. And wow, yes. that's powerful. 
You know? Hallelujah. Yeah, it is. Testimony for me. His, his, I mean, both of them. And I'm blessed that she's still here and she's still a big part of my life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great note. And, you know, I love the fact that you are bringing home exactly why we're even talking about this today, which is that we have the ability to do, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit right now, right now, no matter what our goals are in ministry or whatever, he's calling us to be his hands and feet. He's calling us to be, you know, his, his face to the world who doesn't know him. And, and it's a beautiful thing to hear that that's exactly what happened in your testimony. And uh, believe it or not, we are at the end of our hour. <laughs> we're we're going to have to work. It's amazing. And I want to just do a little recap for us because we are going to be visiting um, the, the more of public school environment in the next show. And so one of the things I really want to bring home is what we had talked about as it relates to kingdom work for Christ when it comes to teaching and education. So Christ-centered teaching starts with Christ-centered living. Please don't speak a word if you're not living it because the world is seeing a lot of people who are hypocrites to what they're talking about when they talk about Christ. And I think a lot of times we blow our testimony and we blow the ability to really share the good news of the gospel when we can't back it up with living with integrity in Jesus. The second thing we talked about was Christ-centered teaching, which demonstrates and then allows the space and the time for application. Jesus did that brilliantly with his disciples. First of all, he, when he was assembling his team, he intentionally would talk to one and let them talk to someone else to bring them along. So he was teaching them all along how to make disciples of nations, right? How to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All these things were being taught all along so that when he gave a set of instructions in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, they weren't hearing it for the first time, nor were they seeing it for the first time. They'd had plenty of exposure. And what happened is that he taught them in such a way that he demonstrated, and then he allowed the space and the time for them to apply. The third thing that we talked about was that Christ-centered teaching equips people to become God-centered, not codependent, not independent, but God-dependent. They have hard times in their lives. They go before the throne of God in prayer. They have hard times in their lives. They go and seek for the spiritual remedy before the material remedies of the world. Then Christ-centered teaching starts with a servant heart, a heart to serve Christ, then as a byproduct to serve others. You know, sometimes we sort of get caught up in serving others, in being part of ministry, and being, you know, I want to I have a calling, I want to have a mission, I want to have this, I want to have that. Where is serving Christ when it comes to that to-do list? Where is just hanging out with him and being in his presence? Because that ought to be first. When it is first, it really governs everything else. And everything else is governed properly. Anna, your testimony has been so powerful in bringing to light the fact that in our day-to-day, 
We can teach, we can educate as led by the Holy Spirit. We can do so using the tools of our actions, and we can do so using the tools of our words. And one of the powerful things that you really brought to light is the fact that he, your, your father-in-law, just was a vessel for Christ where he was. He didn't need to have the title of pastor. God had given him the calling of pastor. You know, and that, and as a byproduct, you've been able to start Bible studies at work. Are you kidding me? You've been able to talk about the, the glory of the Lord in the midst of brokenness with your staff, with your peers, with your boss. You've been able to affect so many people, including myself, in just this passion and being in love with Jesus. And that is only, only because somewhere along the way, when Christ is leading you, when the Holy Spirit taps your heart, you've responded yes somewhere along the way. Have you said yes every single time? Probably not, right? But but you're Definitely learning more not. and more yeah. to do so. Yeah. Amen. Trusting him. Bearing. Trusting him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So I would love for you, Anna, if you could give us any last comments you have and then pray us out. Um, I would be very grateful. And I'm just so humbled. You are um, you're an inspiration, you're an encourager, and in many respects, your authenticity is infectious, Anna. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for letting me share. I, I guess the most important thing I want to say is just, you know, just it's a relationship. It's just wherever you are in life, it's, you know, having that relationship to the Lord and just trusting him and you know, I think it's really important in my journey, you know, that I learned is, is getting around those others that are strong in the faith, getting around other believers mm-hmm. and yes. um, just trusting God, just trusting God. You know, uh, my I just want to share this one verse, the one that really speaks to me, and that is in Romans yes, 8.28. And we know that all things good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we do. Yes. We do have a purpose. There's more to life than a job and all of this. There's, there's a purpose God's given us. And just mm-hmm. live it, trust it, turn to the Lord, just, you know, seek him. And you'll find him wherever you are in life. And he will take yes. care of you. And, you know, that's just, he's just incredible. He's a great God. Amen. Mm, that's wisdom. Amen. Will you pray us out, Anna? Yes. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, Father God. You continue to pursue us, Lord. You love us, Lord. You sent your son, Jesus, to die for us, Father God. That is an ultimate, ultimate description of love father god you love us so much non-judgmentally lord your your kingdom is mercy it's grace lord thank you lord i just pray that we would just turn to you especially in these times that we're in right now father god that we would turn our eyes to you and seek you father god wherever we are father god trust you lord Thank you for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We love you, Lord. You are a great mm. God, so worthy to be praised. 
In Jesus' yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. Uh, thank you, dear sister in Christ. You rock my world. Thank you. <laughs> he rocks my world. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. You do too. Oh, have a you wonderful. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, all good. I don't have to, but you still rock my world. Of course, in in, in him. Uh, well, Amen. thank you guys so much for listening. Every single week, I'm just excited to and humbled to serve you this way. For those of you who keep listening, thank you. For those of you who tuned in for the first time, thank you. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and you have made it to this point, wow and thank you. Know that he's pursuing you. Know that there's no coincidence when it comes to Christ. Know that he is just waiting for you to say yes. He created you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants to navigate you through this thing called life and this thing called eternal life. You want to know more about Christ, please email us, contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. We will pray with you. We'll answer questions. We will just listen if needed. But we really, really want to just encourage you that this is, like Anna said, relationship. It's not about trying to get you to do these you know, five different things, and then you're going to get five different things for that. No, no, no. This is lifestyle. It's relationship, and it's relationship with the creator of the entire universe who cares enough about you and me that he died for us in order to give us a way into eternity. So with that in mind, have a wonderful and blessed week. It's an honor to serve you in this capacity. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.